Hey, 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 Dan here. And I'm T. Welcome to Tea Time with Dan. The Standard's newest weekly podcast. Featuring everything you should know. And didn't know you should. Every week we'll be talking to an eclectic group of individuals. Dissecting topics relevant to you and the greater Duke community. And And now, now, get cozy. Bump the volume. And and enjoy the tea. tea. Hey, T, how are you doing? You look a little anxious this week. It's honestly funny that you mention it, Dan. I am pretty anxious. Um, besides Duke's almost loss to UCF. Uh, was, it, was that the team we were playing? <laughs> um, did you hear about that college admission scandal? I think so. It happened earlier this week, no? Yeah. Yeah, funny. yeah. Right? It was uh, that guy, Rick Singer. He was just bribing all these officials to, to get their kids into schools, right? Huge to get sums to... of money, cheating scandal. How much money? Between seventy-five thousand to a million dollars. Wow, these wealthy families paid to get their kids into schools. And a lot more. You know what? Wow. It's really awesome that we're talking about it, but let's let's introduce our guests. And okay, see what let's we have do to it. Say. Let's do it. So we have around four guests right here to get some different perspective on some students. Can you guys all introduce yourself, please? Uh, yeah, my name is Kayla. I'm a junior. I'm studying African American Studies and Culture Anthropology. Um, I went to a public high school in rural Virginia. My name is Margo. I'm also a junior studying history and psychology, and I went to a private school in New York called Trinity. My name is Ryan Goodman. I'm a freshman from Phoenix, Arizona. I went to a, uh, a little private school in Phoenix called Phoenix Country Day School, so that's me. Hi, my name is Leah Abrams. I'm also a junior um, studying public policy and history, and I grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I went to the best high school in the world, a public high school called Carborough High. Go Jags. (laughs) Oh, and Dan, we almost forgot. We almost forgot. The name of this podcast is Tea Time with Dan, so... Let's get some tea for everyone. Let's get some tea for everyone. So what, what do you guys want? There's chamomile, there's mint. Some mint, some Earl Grey. There you go, one for you. Also, um, we got some brown sugar and Splenda for your disparate tastes. Um, oh, yes, of course. Getting that around to you. It should be at the bottom there. This one good? Earl Grey good? I believe, I believe Earl Grey is pretty great. I'm obviously All right, an expert. so let's cut to the T right now. Let's do this. <laughs> We're cutting to <laughs> So, I mean, we all know that we all worked really hard to get here. So, I mean, these kids that, that went through this admission scandal, they obviously were working hard to get there, but their parents put their foot into it. So can you guys tell us a little more about what the admission process was for you guys? Was it stressful? What were some times that you really remember that they were really hard to go through? And what was it like for you guys? We'll start with Leah. Sure. Um, you know, I think, like, pretty much everybody – the college admissions process for me was stressful in that it was this looming decision. Um, I was really lucky in that both my parents went to college um, and and had those degrees and had that educational background. So um, for me, like not everybody in my high school or in the U.S. more broadly, um, it was never really a question about whether I was going to go and get a four-year degree. Um, So I was really lucky for that. And you know, when I was going through that process, 
it started out with, okay, well, what's like attainable for me um, and what's attainable for my family? Um, and then it became like, okay, well, how do I get there? And again, I was lucky to go to this school um, that I went to, which is one of the better public high schools, um, or at least the better public school districts in, in the state of North Carolina. Um, and so I had access to uh, some really good classes um, and, you know, some students who are older than me who had gone to schools like Duke, um, who I could talk to and get advice from. And that was really key for me is like, you know, there are so many places where you might be growing up and not have uh, a figure, a role model to look up to who's close in age. And I was so lucky to have those people kind of guiding me through the admissions process. Um, and, and that made it easier. So. So the admissions process for me, um, realistically, because I went to a, like a, a uh, the tea is piping. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going to a prep school, uh, I kind of, you know, the whole way knew, like it was, it was in the back of my mind, um, or really the front of my mind. And when it got time to, you know, apply to schools, I looked at my grades and said, well, I have pretty good grades. What schools can I go to with pretty good grades? You know, pretty good test scores. And um, so, you know, I, I went looking around at schools and just senior year worked pretty hard. Like I said, extra schoolwork was doing just college essays. And then fortunately I got in here uh, early decision. So in terms of stress, uh, there wasn't very much. It was just work kind of hard find some schools that look good to apply to. And then I was done by November, December. So uh, all in all, the process was fairly straightforward. And I, I feel like I was prepared pretty well for it throughout my you know, academic career. Um, so I would say I went to a school in which college admissions and college decisions became a focal point starting around the middle of sophomore year, probably. Um, and I was very lucky in that our program for getting into college and preparing for college and testing was very robust. And we had two counselors whose sole jobs were to help us make a decision as to where we wanted to apply. That being said, the process was incredibly high pressure, high stress, and there was an expectation that you not only would be going to a four-year university, but that you would be going to an elite university. And so I think when this scandal broke, um, my friends and I were not particularly shocked. Uh, yeah, so um, I went neither of my parents went to college um, and I wasn't I wasn't planning on going to college really until there's this program at my high school that like paid for like a couple of students to go take the SAT which is like kind of messed up when you think about it because they like picked a few people to do it um, but then I took like the SAT and I was like oh damn I'm like I guess I'm like smart so <laughs> no for real though I'm not joking like I hadn't like taken any like my school didn't have AP classes or anything um, and so then I took it and I was like, oh, yikes, like, what do I do? So, like, my school had four guidance counselors. We didn't have, like, college counselors. Um, I remember, like, my junior year I went to, like, ask for help and the guidance counselor like, told me, 
like I should like my like my dream school should be like UVA and I should probably go to community college which had been like my plan basically like if I wanted to go to college I'd go to community college um and then I like kind of was like okay and then I looked up and stuff my mom I was really lucky I also had like my mom didn't go to college but she like is super supportive and she looked up stuff and she was like no I think like these scores are really good like I think you should try and apply other places so I I didn't really have any help I basically applied to like every school I didn't know any I hadn't visited any colleges so I didn't know the difference between them so I just applied to like 20 something schools um and then luckily like a lot of the colleges since I was like poor they like paid for me to um go fly out and and see them so that was kind of my process it was really low stress because there weren't any expectations on me like I have four older siblings like none of them went to college so I like going to community college would have been like pretty a-okay with my parents so um yeah it was pretty low stress for me Super interesting to hear um, everyone's process because it's different, obviously, across the board. Um, in relation to this college admission scandal, do you guys remember what your first reactions were or what you felt surprised or not surprised um, when you heard about it? All right. Um, <laughs> so um, similar to Margot to my left um <laughs> coming from prep school uh you know i i knew people with you know pretty significant influence in the community and um that extends to you know money so <laughs> when i heard like margo i was also not surprised because uh, like that's kind of a thing that i knew existed i was surprised to the extent which they felt like they had to go to to do these pretty malicious things like you know, um, cheating on the scores, whatever. But I was not surprised that people use money to get into school. That was like, oh, they they caught them. (laughs) 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 All right. Now we're selling selling on record, right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's me. Okay, so, yeah, a a couple things. One, when I found this out, first of all, I was like, this is the most ridiculous – situation I understand why it's garnered so much attention because it's such like a it's like the reality tv of college admissions so it's obviously gets a lot of attention um I did not know I had a conversation with my friend who's from LA about this this morning um I did not know that it was a thing to even get extra time on the SAT I nobody I mean I had friends in high school who first of all I had a lot of friends who did not even take the SAT I had a lot of friends who had severe ADHD, ADD. Definitely none of them had extra time. But my friend who who is from LA um, was like, yeah, no, like everybody at my high school got extra time. Like that was like just a thing. Uh, so first of all, just the, the fundamentals of that like were really shocking to me. Like I didn't know that that was such a, an ingrained system. Um, but then like the other half of it doesn't surprise me at all, right? Like. You know, I've been at Duke for three years now. Um, Like, I know there are buildings named after people. I know that, like, you know, there's legacy admission. Um, And so what I hope is that, like, this scandal is not, like, doesn't, our conversation doesn't stop here. And instead we start to, like, interrogate the processes in which money is so influential in the admissions process in general. Like, why um, are our public school districts, like, their funding determined by, um, the zip code that they're situated in. Why do we give people an upper leg if their parents went to a certain school um, just for going to that school? 
Um, I think like those are the bigger questions that I hope we start to ask in the wake of this. Uh, yeah, so to echo Leah, um, I wasn't surprised at all, um, but I remember my first reaction was just like dread because what happens when stuff like this happens is because they broke the law, it's going to like dominate the news cycles and like every student at Duke whose parents, um, well, like, I mean, just, just to put it plainly, like the system of college admissions, like wealth transfer is integral to it. It's not like a bug it's a feature of the system so like when something like this happens and people break the law then every Duke student whose parents like paid for them to get extra tutoring or like prep school or got to go to private school there's nothing wrong with that but every person who their admission process was you know helped along by that transfer of wealth and privilege gets to be like well that wasn't me like I didn't like cheat I actually took my SAT so I deserve to be here um, and that's definitely like frustrating because I think it uh, lets people like let themselves off the hook and not um, be a little more self-aware about the fact that there's a lot of people who are every bit as smart as we are, but they just didn't happen to be connected to the same opportunities um, because of like institutional systems when they were born. So. Yeah, I think I was maybe a little shocked by, I guess you could say, the almost carelessness on the part of the parents. <laughs> Um, but I was not shocked by the nature of the scandal itself in any capacity. I remember senior year, it felt like for the students and parents at my high school that college admissions was a life or death decision and enterprise and the amount of money that went into tutoring and counselors for writing essays um, and anything involved with getting into college was just absurd um and I also think that this has struck such a chord within the country because we do have a higher education crisis and this is a very kind of juicy glamorized scandal but it's nothing new very interesting you all clearly acknowledge that the parents were clearly at fault for everything that happened right the parents went out of their way to get to get their student to get their kids into these colleges, but at the end of the day, these kids are there's 15, 16, 17 year old kids who who don't really know what to do. They they're most likely influenced by what their parents say. They're not really that aware of the process, and they're basically just following everything that their parents say. So, so how do we how do we react to these kids? Like, what do we do to these students who didn't? Most of them, some of them didn't even have didn't have any idea that their that their parents were paying for them to get into schools. So, what do you do if? To, what do we do yeah, to these we kids? Just don't know. I can start this one, I guess, because I just don't know if I buy that. Um, like, I have friends who were in juvie when they were 15. I had a summer job when I was 15. Like, there are real responsibilities that people have at that age. And if you're so removed from, and certainly, like, I know that every situation is different, that people's parents sometimes, you know, do things without their consent. But if you're so removed from your own process that you're not, like, confused as to why you didn't take the SAT and still got into college or you're not like asking questions about that like I just don't know how much sympathy I have for that when we live in a country where like we punish kids every day for just being poor um I don't know but but I certainly like would like to would like to think that none of these kids were purposefully being malicious um and that their parents were for the most part doing it on their behalf I don't know so (laughs) 
in the wake, so the biggest name in all this was um, Felicity, what's? Huffman. Huffman, yeah. Uh, and her, her kid, uh, Olivia Jade. So, no, 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 no. Lori Laughlin and Olivia ah. I watch all the videos. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, just in re- in re- <laughs> yeah. so, in response to what Leah said, uh, so, whatever. Olivia Jade, the main, the point is. So, in the wake of this, I was like, all right, let's check out this Olivia Jade girl. So, I watched some of her, like, vlogs or whatever on YouTube. And let me just say... I can fully understand how that girl had no idea what was going on when she got into college. Like, I don't think she really cares that much about the the whole admissions process. Like, I could very easily see her her mom be like, "All right, you're going to USC," and she's like, "All right." Yeah, she's going to have fun party game day, um, which would be good good for her. <laughs> I mean, in her videos, like, didn't she say like, "I don't like school. I yeah. hate class," or like yeah. things like yeah. Um, but. So, so assuming that there are kids who didn't know, obviously it is unfair to these kids to kick them out of school, but allowing those kids to stay um, to stay on campus would be to allow an impermissible evil within the admission system to like go unaddressed. And I think at the end of the day, that outweighs the fact that these kids are not to blame, and like these kids. They might not land on their feet, actually, but uh, <laughs> which is maybe not so fair to them. But um, I, I think it's a trade-off that listen, like this can't be allowed. Cut that off. I completely agree. That being said, I kind of feel like the question of how much the kids knew, uh, the extent to which they were aware, how they should be punished, is not as relevant as what drove them and their parents to feel like this was something they had to do because clearly there is a much bigger problem at play and these were the unfortunate I mean they're not victims in any sense but these are the kids for whom the problem has kind of been spotlighted on but I think that this isn't necessarily the question we should be focusing on. Not to play devil's advocate here. Um, I'm obviously not like a fan of this, obviously. Um, but um, I guess I'm just thinking about the kids who, so like you've got like um, a backdoor entry, so, and you've got a front door entry. So like front door would be the people whose parents are like so, like they're like the really rich people. Like they can donate a building, like they can donate Wilson Gym, right? So then um, they can donate $8 million. So that's totally legal and that's fine. Um, and then you've got the the back door, which is these people who are like, they're not, they're like rich, but they're like not that rich. Yeah. And so I guess um, when we allow people like that to run around and that's, that's perfectly legal. And frankly, I benefit from that. Like, right, I'm on a first generation scholarship at Duke that is being paid for by parents like that. Um, so I just wonder um, where we draw the line on like saying that this is unfair when that's like literally ingrained in our system like how our universities are run now I think the difference is that one group of people broke the law and one didn't but then like why is one set legal and one is not so great (laughs) yeah I mean definitely it's hard to really figure out what to do with these kids clearly all these schools are yet to decide they're going through all the analysis of how to investigate what these kids how, what how to react to these kids but anyways I mean as we we've clearly said and you guys all know in this in the country we live in clearly our success is is inter- our success is very dependent on the schools we go to 
and these parents obviously know that you know we go to lead schools luckily we we get more benefits against certain jobs get into certain into certain paths in life but so how if you knew you know this so how would you how would you deal with your kid if you knew you could give five, if you had the money and you knew you could give five hundred thousand dollars to school to get your kid in would you would you not do it to ensure their success <laughs> I just want to speak to this besides the fact that we just dropped water all over Drew's laptop. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep the podcast rolling. I, I can speak to this a little bit. I know that if my kid wasn't necessarily the smartest, the sharpest tool in the toolbox, the brightest bulb in the lamp, I would <laughs> go out of my way to give them the best opportunities that I possibly could. Breaking the law, I think that's, I don't know, having someone sit next to your kid as they take the SAT and tell them what answers are wrong, like that seems like a line for me, but I completely understand that that line is arbitrary. You know, like I'm creating that in my head. Um, I know that I want my kids to have the best opportunities available, and if I have the capacity to help them in that monetarily, I, th I think it'd be hard for me to say that I wouldn't def like definitively. Um, <laughs> I have a favorite saying, don't hate the player, hate the game. It's capitalism, baby. It's how, <laughs> it's how it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, obvious, obviously, I would love to say no. I want to. I want my kid to do whatever my kid's gonna do on his or her own. Mm -hmm. um, and like, it sounds hypocritical coming from me, someone who's received a lot of, you know, and not like necessarily like d direct in the form of you know someone else taking my ACT, but like, you know, I went to a private school. Like, I received a lot of help from my parents in my, you know, relatively well-off financial situation. Um, so coming from me, like, this not, may not mean a lot, but. Uh, I would like to think that my kid could, should do it on his or her own, but at the same time, it's a low blow. That's how the game's played. Um, I guess I am going to be controversial and say I hate the player sometimes. <laughs> like, I, um, I certainly, uh, you know, it's a complicated situation when there are uh, black mothers in this country who are in prison for... Uh, putting down a different address to get their kid into a better public school system. And we have people donating $8 million um, and legally getting their kid into an elite school. Um, so clearly the game is complicated. But, um, you know, I'm not a mother yet, or I don't know if I ever will be. So I can't say this definitively. Um, but I would like to think that, like, my principle is stronger than... Um, my will to like better myself or, or or my family financially especially when i come from a place where i went to duke university like i know for a fact i went to this school like i know that i will be okay you know knock on wood in life and that regardless of what happens to my kid like they're going to be fine because i have the kind of resources that i've gained here to provide a stable life for them and so, like, I've thought a lot about this um, in terms of, like, where I'll send my kids to school, you know, when they're that age. And I, I, I just can't 
imagine even for my own child like wanting to be complicit in the inequality that I see like replicated every single day um in the education system in this country and like I you know I don't like nobody gets to choose where they went to high school or um at least some people do I guess but um I I don't want to judge anybody who like had a really amazing like private elite uh high school experience or anything like that but it's really important to me that like whatever decisions I make with my money and my life and like where I live and where I send my kids to school and where I work that those are decisions that I see as bettering the world and I I guess that sounds cheesy but um if I'm complicit in that I I don't feel good about myself Um, yes, this is an issue that I've wrestled with. It's super uncomfortable. Um, so my boyfriend uh, had a significantly harder situation. Like when, when we were growing up, he was homeless. Like his path to college was like much, like much, much more difficult than mine. Um, and so we've talked about like, you know, when we have kids, we'll be like, um, oh my gosh, like our kids will be like, you know, my mom went to Duke or like my mom's a doctor. And those are the kids that were like, ugh, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, and so we've been like, oh, that's so uncomfortable. We've been like, oh, maybe we should just like, like while they're in, like you know while we're while we're raising them we'll just like pretend like we're poor so that you know they don't grow up and be rich rich kids um i know definitely i don't want my kids to go to private school not that i think there's anything wrong with, i have lots of friends who went to private school but it's just not what i personally want for my kids um but i would say from an economic perspective there are a lot um more legal and more cost effective ways to ensure your kid goes to college than um, breaking the law and entering into an illegal cheating scandal ring <laughs> so yeah I mean I don't think I need to break the law and you know hopefully my kids could get it on their own merit but um you know who knows I agree and I would echo that um that being said I think it's hard for me to like speak on a high horse as I'm a 21 year old currently at Duke and don't know what it's like to have a child I can't imagine a world in which I would participate in anything that resembles what these family did families did um at the same time having gone to a school where the admissions process was valued so strongly I again I sound like a broken record but I think I um understand that this is a much deeper problem just than in like certain individuals own moral compasses if that makes sense um, so that was our last formal question for y'all, but we want to know if you have any final thoughts or things that are left on your mind. Any ways you think we should change the system? You know, what can we do to make this even better? Yeah, like where do we go from here? Yeah, there's clearly something wrong with the admissions process in the U.S. and the whole university system. So is there anything we can do now? Um, so operating within the system that we have now, there's pretty limited change. Um, but I would say some important steps are like, A, to, to recognize that there are people who are not being reached by affirmative action policies, and that's because their interventions need to be much further upstream. So when we think about um, people like my boyfriend, for example, um, he was like locked out of the educa higher education system when he was five years old. Like there are not ways for like Duke's affirmative action policy to reach him. Duke's affirmative action policy can reach me because I'm low income, but 
I'm actually middle class. Like that, that's actually like the average income of American. My dad is a construction worker. Um, my parents aren't incarcerated. So like I was able to be reached by affirmative action because I'm like low hanging fruit as far as statistics for them. So they're, they're really more interested in um, how it looks for them than like having meaningful change. Um, and so I think that um, earlier upstream intervention points are really important. And then also understanding that um, both things can coexist. So like I'm allowed to have a really awesome scholarship because some people's parents donate a lot of money so we can have a nice gym. Um, and I'm actually okay with that as long as we're a little bit more transparent about that in our conversations. I, I guess I want to echo what Kayla said in that like change is really limited if we're operating from the educational system that we are now. And so like my number one thing would be to untie public school funding from um, from districts, so from the county level, and redistribute that statewide. Um, and, and I can that's definitely from a North Carolina perspective, but I think it would work nationwide as well. Um, and then finally, like I think there are smaller changes that we can make within our Duke admissions process that would go a really long way, like investigating the question of legacy like talking about more targeted interventions at an earlier age that are going to change the way we think about the admissions process here that's not just like making us look good on a magazine cover but really thinking like who are we missing from this school and why is that awesome i think we'll wrap it up thank you so much for your contribution guys love this